welcome to the first compound mailbag episode. This is really another fans questions episode. We've already done a fan question episode, but I'm calling this one mailbag. So now it's the first. We have with us Tom Prizman in the flesh. Tom is uh, our producer who's been behind the scenes the whole time. He is uh, maybe the research team, maybe not Dakota. I don't know if you've given him the official title of the research team. He's 100% now the research team. I have uh, renounced my duties as the research team. Now, Dakota, you actually stepped up to like the CEO and now you just hired people. I I oversee him as the research team. I'm kind of his boss at the end of the day. Yeah. You (laughs) fact check them all at the end. Like you're still doing the work. Yeah. You're You're in more of a management role these days. That's all. So Tom has collected the questions from the fans and he's going to read them off and we're going to answer these fan questions. That's how the episode is going to go. But let's remember this episode is still presented by Parse Rum. There's still a new shipment into Benny's and we still need to sell it all out so that we can plant an entire forest in Columbia. Anything else to say about Parse guys? Just that I love it. And that it tastes delicious. I am going to take Parse rum to the field to give to Jabu, who sits in the locker next to me. I want you guys to know that. You have Jabu in there? I have Jabu. Things are going that bad, Ian? Who is, come on. Who is Jabu? Shut the fuck up. Have you seen Major League? Yeah. Oh, duh. The hey, Joe Serrano, yeah. Jabu? Yeah. Tom, lead us off. Question number one. All right. Uh, we got over 75 submissions across all of our social media. So is that a good number? I, I mean, I think so. I, I you know, if, I'm going to be honest. Okay. With you, first time doing this. So don't know. Had some help from compound listener Mike Marr going through these. Had to get my own research team, the subletting. Wow. The research oh, yeah. team. Oh, you yeah. hired a good one. I, I love that. Initi- I love that initiative, Tom. So we got a sub research team for the research team doing the research on these first question. This was our most liked question. This is what people wanted to know the most. Why does Ian hold his helmet when he crosses home plate after a homer? People want to know about that. Ian. Hey, hang on, hang on to that. I will say we tackled this a while, a while, a while ago. So, did I, did I answer it? No, I asked Ian and he said, it's just something he does. He's never told me why before. I remember I asked you and you said, it's just something I've always done. But it was on air though, right? I think it was just at the compound. I just asked him one day. I was like, Hey, like just wondering. It, yeah. It's I, I, I don't exactly know when I started. I think I started in pro ball. No, I didn't do it in college. I don't think, I think I started in pro ball. Uh, but it, yeah. It was a little bit personal, but it's something that I started doing with homers. I mean, people like it a little bit. People like it a little bit. Maybe people don't like it, but I it's it's a subtle I'm kinda I'm kinda down for it. No, I love it. I love it because I like when guys have like a signature like thing, like when like the what does Tatis do? Like the stutter step at third. Yeah, he does a stutter step, which Jock started doing, which is hilarious. But yeah, it's something that I started doing uh in Pro Ball. Kind of a personal thing, family thing, and been doing it since. I'm a big so, fan of that. If I don't hit a homer for a while, though, sometimes I'm coming from second to third and going right hand, left hand, which don't fuck this up, make it look stupid. But is it, it your right? It's your right hand, isn't it? Oh, it's your left hand. Left. 
that came from uh, Jana, by the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna credit everyone on their questions too. Yeah, we have to. They're uh, now guests of the compound, so we have to make sure that we. Thanks for the question, Jana. Welcome. All right, this one's from, uh, and I'm gonna go say I go on a limb here and say not his real name, Tiger Torquemol, uh, who asked Zach, "What's his favorite story from last time up in the majors?" Huh. Last time up in the majors. Was that one time that Miggy gave you his bat on the way out that you didn't even know? No, I don't think it was him, though. Um, honestly, sitting – we we left – after we played New York at home, we went to Milwaukee. It was a day game, and there was a few guys just playing cards, watching some basketball in Derek Holland's suite, and Miggy was, of course, one of them with Derek Holland and a few other guys. And it was just cool to watch just Miggy, of course, you know, Miggy is Miggy, just be a regular guy and play cards and kind of just have, I mean, he always has fun, but not with the the baggage of being Miguel Cabrera on the field and everything has to go perfectly fine for his image, for everything, you know, just, just sitting there shooting the shit with the boys, you know, like last time, you know, I haven't really been there long enough to, to see that or off the field with him. And that was my first encounter with him off the field. Um, and just, you know, how he treats everybody the same. And I, th- I thought that was really cool. Like I said, sitting there just watching, the Mavericks and whoever play it was just Clippers. stick, you know, playing cards. You know, you tell 16-year-old Zach that, hey, you're going to be uh, playing cards with Miguel Cabrera in a few years. It's like, all right, where are we going with this? That's one of those uh, you're you're hanging out with your baseball cards. Moments. Literally, yeah. I think that was pretty cool. Quick uh, side question uh, to add on to our friend's question. What uh, what, what was the card game? They were playing Bure. Were you involved? Absolutely, positively not. I was going to say the uh, price per hand. Oh, no. Scared money don't make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have scared money. Scared money. Dakota, when Dakota gets to the big leagues, the amount of gambling that he's going to have to restrain himself from is going to be hilarious. I'll be, I'd be a B table player, but I'd be playing every single time. Let me tell you, there, there ain't, there ain't no B table. Right, if it's reasonable money, yeah. But like, I'll play with I'll play with Steel in the like in the toilet, just me and him. Like, I'll yeah. play with like the young guys. Like, if there's multiple thousands of dollars on the table, I'll be a spectator. I have no problem with that. Zach, we also had conflicting reports. Are you a Yankees or a Mets fan? Because when you made your date, when you played against the Yankees, people were saying you grew up a Yankees fan, which is contrary to what I've heard. No. Yep, big big Yankees fan. He loves no. them. Yep. Yeah, pinstripes, baby. That kind of pisses me off, too, because if you do an ounce of research, I am a Mets fan, or I was a Mets fan growing up. Whoa, 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 whoa. I went to a lot of Yankees games growing up because my mom was a teacher growing up, and she had summers off. And when my dad was working at the golf course, obviously he was not off during the summer when I was not in school. And my mom's side of the family was huge Yankees fans, or is huge Yankees fans. So I didn't really have a choice. We're going to watch Derek Jeter play. You were a G- you were a Jeets fan though, right? Yeah, and it's funny. Like my two favorite players, Posada, were Jorge Posada and Derek Jeter. But I was a Mets fan. Mets fan. So your two favorite players were Yankees, but you're not a Yankees. Fan. I am just, not just a Yankees. Want to clear that up. Yep. Okay. All right. This one comes from Jordan. I was addressed to Ian, but I'll address it to everybody. Uh, it says, if you were in a bar fight with three people against you, and you get to pick one teammate, who are you picking to have your back and why? 
Dakota can go first. Are we talk like, do you want me to pick from like the Chicago Cubs? No. Pick pick a teammate that you've had, and then you have to describe that person because that'll be even that'll be better. If if either of you have one, go ahead. I gotta think about it. It's a tough one for me, but it, it's like if I had to pick one person who could really this like the craziest guy I've ever met. Like uh, Wilson Contreras is the craziest dude in the whole world. Like yeah. I think he's an absolute lunatic. Like if I had him next to me, just like Tasmanian Devil going nuts, uh, you know, I'd feel pretty safe. Yeah, I think I think I'm taking. We we all played with this guy. I think I'd actually take Johnny Field. He was like an all American wrestler. Like wow, kind of like the best in the country. So, like, he's just going to take a guy, ground and pound him. Very yeah. true. Not, Very not true. like a huge guy, but he can hold his own. And he he's might have a little screw loose in there. Yeah, he could probably take it, two of the guys, and then you could just handle one. Yeah. Zach? Um, on my current team, I would take our first baseman, Adderlin Rodriguez, from the Dominican. Big Latin, pretty scary looking. But is a teddy bear. Well... What are you taking him for? Intimidation? No, no, no. Teddy bear in person. No, no, no. Stop. Teddy bear in person, like on your team. But I've seen him mama guevo a few guys on the yes. other teams, and it's a little bit scary. Tell me he's got a switch. Oh, yeah. And I do not want to see the other switch unless I'm on his side. I was hoping you'd, I was hoping you'd pick me, Zach. Dakota, I'm going after you. I'm, I'm not one of the guys at the bar trying to fight you. Jeez. <laughs> I think I think Javi's a sneaky one too. Javi's sneaky. I, all right. Do you remember when him and Amir Garrett the first time got into it a few years ago? Yeah. So I'll never forget this either. Like they were arguing, bickering back and forth. He takes his helmet off, and he has his bat in his right hand. Yeah. Do you, and he went like I mean I don't know if it was just like an impulse thing, but he was like this, like getting ready. Like I think a part of his brain was like I need I need to throw this bat at him, but then the reasonable part of his brain was like. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Maybe shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And between him and Contreras, even on the same team, that's that's terrifying. Terrifying. All right. Next question comes from Beth. She says, uh, where is your favorite park to play in other than your home park and why? Thanks. Love the podcast. This, Ian, you can tackle this. Uh, this is a really good question. I am very sad that we missed a sold-out Petco. Um, cause Petco's look nuts since they got back to full capacity. I do love that trip. I think San Diego is a great place to play. It's a fun trip, but I've never really played there when the team's good and they have a lot of fans besides Petco. I do really like Pittsburgh cause I grew up there. And cause you rake there. And cause I rake there. Yeah, and Cincinnati, throw that one in there. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but no, I'll say of like the road cities, like favorite stadium is Pekka. What about any places in the minors that stand out to you guys? I love going to Nashville, which, and I'm not even like a country guy by any means, but the atmosphere, we opened up there in 19 and we spent probably close to a week there, right? Because we, we got there a couple days early and we had a five game series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that was a blast. The atmosphere was awesome. I don't know if it was just maybe because it was my first AAA game, but I always enjoyed it. We went back there again in July or so, and that was a, that was a blast too. 
Nashville's definitely same for me. Nashville yeah. was definitely the. It sucks we don't play there this year. I think I don't know if they're like in the Triple East or what they're even in, but like we don't even play them, and kind of sad about that. But I get do get to see new cities like Indy and Columbus. Indy's you'll like Indy. It's sick. You stay. You literally stay in the parking lot of Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's go. Go Colts. San, San Antonio and Fresno were pretty fun. Ooh, San Antonio. <laughs> San Antonio. No. no, that was. Hey, remember we went out to dinner in San Antonio. What? You went out to dinner, Zach, by yourself. Yeah. So who'd you go with? If, no, we went. Or was it was it Round Rock? You know what I actually love though, Ian. Which one's near? Which one's near Houston or Austin? Round Rock. Round Rock. Ah, that was Austin. Awesome. That was my favorite place to play. Was Round Rock because I got to stay at home in Austin. Ian, the Fresno trip sucked, but I loved Sacramento. I thought downtown Sacramento was really cool. Sacramento, Sacramento was a cool place. Sacramento was probably the best, besides Nashville, like trip. But the the problem with AAA towns and AAA cities is when you you stay at like the Holiday Inn. You don't actually stay in the city in most places. Like most places you stay in a red roof inn far away from the actual city. So you don't get to enjoy the city. Like Omaha, uh, San Antonio, you stay at SeaWorld, um, Fresno's. What was sick, we play at St. Paul now. We just played there last week. And you stay in like an intercontinental right on the river, like right downtown St. Paul. And I'm one of the like this last week me and like two other guys went to mall of america because that's it's literally like a 15 minute uber yeah well it's actually like, really cool because you stay right downtown there yeah the bigs the big leagues hotels are all like the best hotel in the city and you can usually walk to the ballpark mm-hmm. and you actually get to explore the city like they don't like when, times when we stay farther away from the actual city it's like a shock yeah those those kind of stink when you're like outside the city and you can't like walk to go get coffee in the morning yeah, that was always cool. I mean, between being on the few road, the few road games I've been on, and then like even on the taxi squad, going to the cities, like you said, staying in the main cities is something you don't do. You're not used to, especially in AAA. All right, next question comes from Shelby. She says, "What is the one pitcher or hitter for Dakota that you feel like always has your number? Seems to make it seems to strike you out, get a hit, make a great play against you." And I would say for this one, like, let's avoid, like, DeGrom, because obviously DeGrom's got everyone's number. Zach, do you have a guy? Not off the top of my head. Hang on. I have a guy, and I got to hit off him this year. What teams yeah. he play for? What teams he play for? I can guess it. Reds. I can't guess it. Sonny Gray. No. Maley with the Reds. Faced him just coming up in the big leagues a bunch. He's punched my ticket like half the times I've seen him. And I, and if you go back and look at the punchies, there's a lot of like one bad call in the at-bat or like punched out on a ball. And I get so pissed every time I go back and look at it. But I have a couple hits off him, but he, uh, like he, he's, he's done pretty well against me. He's got my number. I know mine. <laughs> mine was uh... – <laughs> I don't even know if he's still with him, but he played for Memphis in 19. His name was Joe Hudson. He was their catcher. He was their backup catcher. He was hitting like two. He was like hitting like two hundred and no home runs. Hey, I faced let's him. Talk about guys hitting two hundred, yeah. huh? Two hundred is the new three hundred. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything. It's, yeah. it's the new three hundred. Yes, 
but I faced him like one game, like the first game of the series, bomb left field. And I faced him again two nights later and he hit another bomb to left field. And I was like, what the hell just happened? I'm like, this guy just sees me really well. And I think like we faced him later in the year and he hit like a laser, like right at an outfield or something. I'm like, this guy just loves facing me. He sees Mekas and he lights up. Zach, you got a guy? I can't think of one who like one person who has me because a bunch, a bunch have me. You're over two off me. So, (laughs) Oh, Tom, did you snag my career line against Maley? I was I was trying to find it. You know, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. It's it's twelve thirty here on the East Coast. I'm trying. <laughs> I could probably I could probably I need I need I need the sub the sublet research. Hey, get on me. Ivy. I got I yeah, I got Ivy. I'll tell you what it is. Zach, you gotta have one guy that you hate facing. You know every guy you've ever faced. All the strikeouts blend. You've together. probably watched film on every guy you've ever faced. I don't watch the negatives. Zach, you're not that good. Come on, someone's got your number. This is like the opposite of being that good because so many people get me out. Uh, just pick, throw a name up on the wall. Yeah, he probably got me. Yeah, he's got me. Yep. I'm serious. Well, like this is this is literally it's definitely a righty. Whoever you're gonna yeah. pick is gonna be a righty. But All I right. think a lefty, a lefty would stand out more to me. Are you ready? True. Are you ready for the stat line? Twenty plate appearances. <laughs> he's punched me out nine times. Walked four, one double. I'm one for 16 with four walks and nine punches. So you see him up uh, and your one hit was this year, you said? One hit was this year. It was a leadoff double. Way to break the O for 15. Had to do it. That's crazy too to me. Like it goes both ways for like if you face a guy a lot, like you feel like eventually like like 15 at bats, like you got to think one of those, like you're going to like run it like you've seen him enough times. That's just crazy. But it's the same thing for pitchers. Like, you'll see a guy that's like eight for 10 off a guy with five homers, and it's like, throw him something different. <laughs> I, I wish I could, I wish I could show on the screen because I have, I have all of the, uh, I have all of the pitch, like all of the strikeouts here that were out of the zone. Ugh. Just, oh, I'm, I, I know 100% who it is. Who is it? Hang on, I gotta look up his name. Oh my goodness! No, I have it. I have it right here. You don't know his name? Hey, this is producer Tom. I'm editing this right now, and I want to let you know Zach spent the next five minutes—a literal five minutes of our lives—looking for this man. The only thing he knew about him was that his name was Lopez, and he played on the Diamondbacks. He never thought to Google him. He just spent all the time looking at the 40-man roster. Eventually, I stepped in and Googled. And now you'll see the end product of that result. Yoan Lopez? Yoan Lopez. Yes. That is him. I faced him. What were you Googling? I Googled Diamond Packs Lopez and he immediately came up. So I was on the (laughs) That's why you're that's why you're running the research team, Tom. I'm on the Diamondbacks page and his his name's just not here. Anyway. It's Yohan Lopez. I don't know if you can look up minor league at-bats against him, but I think I have nine at-bats and I had eight punch-outs. Those are good numbers. We'll get the research team on it for late. Manscaped, Manscaped, Manscaped. We're back with another week of Manscaped compound 20% off code. Put in the compound, just compound. No the, just compound at manscaped.com. 20% off, 
plus free shipping. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. They have the new Lawnmower 4.0 out. You have a, a LED spotlight on that thing. Things crazy. And you get you get customized uh, additional guard lengths. So Manscaped, 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 code compound, 20% off. Yeah. Can I interject and say that last week you were talking about how Manscaped hadn't sent any products yet to Zach and Dakota? Well, we talked to the great people at Manscaped, and they're sending Zach and Dakota both the Lawnmower 4.0, which you just mentioned. So they can expect to get that next week, and we can get reviews from them in the near future about how they like Manscaped as well. I can also just say we need Lawnmower 4.0 in the office. It's incredible. Everyone wants one. There's only a limited supply, and it's like hyenas picking off for the last lawnmower 4.0. So everyone in our office loves Manscaped. Ian loves Manscaped. And now Zach and Dakota are also going to love Manscaped. Go get one. New trimmer. It's amazing. Code compound. Manscaped.com. All right, next question. This one was one that we got a lot in a lot of different varieties. So if so, you ask this in different way, apologies, but I'm going to take Rich's. Uh, question triggered by Ian seeing the Baez magic rundown play in Pittsburgh. What is your biggest wow, did that just happen play? Uh, Ian, I think a lot of people just want to hear, because we never talked about it on the pod, you, that your your whole seeing Javi Baez is magic. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, Javi's done a lot of shit that blows my mind. Uh, he had a streak there in, I mean, 19 or 20, where every time he would be on the bases, he would just randomly start running, and, and they would throw the ball, like, in the seats. It was, like, every single time. Uh, but that specific one in Pittsburgh was the craziest one because I was on deck and he ran, you know, he starts running backwards to home and the whole time you're kind of thinking about the rules of baseball and going, it's a force out. So if they just touch first, you have to feel like this run isn't going to score, but you don't exactly know in the moment what the rule is. There was two outs. There was two outs. So you feel like in the moment, touch first, he's out no matter what. So they run him all the way back. Wilson slides in safe. Javi celebrated. They they could tag him at any time or throw it to first. Javi is celebrating, giving the safe sign. And then he starts to run. Somehow nobody's at first. Slides in. They zoot it, and then he keeps running, and they zoot it again. And he was just too tired to get up. And everyone in the dugout's cracking up, and nobody knows what's happening or what the rules are. And then I walked to the plate and drove him in. So it was great for me. I got a bloop single RBI from him running around like a psycho. The craziest thing is – even after Willie scored, if they still just threw it to first, the run wouldn't have counted. It would yeah. have been three outs. At any point, if they would have thrown it to first, it would have been over. This is the craziest thing we've ever seen. That can only happen with Javi, too. Like, anyone else, they're just like, oh, I'm just going to step on first base. Hey, what, what, is, dude, what is this guy doing? Just Yeah. Yeah. Step on first. But there, there was a time, and this happened to us a few times between 18 and 19, maybe even 20. Lorenzo Kane is one of the best, most underrated athletic rundown. Uh, so he had, when he was with the Brewers, or he's now, but he had this 
play that worked on us every time where they would get in a rundown and they would run two guys back to second or third. And then the back runner would, before anybody got tagged, the back runner would take off backwards. And that base was always unoccupied. It was amazing. And he did it to us two or three times. And it's the most deflating, demoralizing thing. And it was just, he had this ability to like know that there was nobody there and he would turn and run back. And it was, we started like in spring training, we started like practicing it and being like, Hey, corner outfielders, just go sit on the base so that they can't do this to us. That's crazy. Any good ones from you guys? Any good? We had one the other night that wasn't really like a wow that just happened, but it was like a crazy one that I think you two would like. It was Ryan Meisinger pitching, and he came in, first pitch, home run. Second pitch, out. Third pitch, out. Fourth pitch, home run. Fifth pitch, out. Five straight hitters swung at the first pitch. It was, a cra- it was one of the crazier things I've ever seen. You have two runs on five pitches? The, the base running thing, it's funny you say that. Last night, we had something. Guy on first. My man, who I'm taking in a bar fight, Adeline Rodriguez is up. Guy on first. He hits like a blooper kind of thing. Um, they don't know if they catch it or not. So the guy on first goes halfway and then goes back because it looks like he caught it. Adeline passes him. So everyone's going like, oh, he's out, he's out, whatever. And the guy who was on first goes to second, right? So they tag him. He's on the base. And the guy on first, Adeline touches first and starts like walking back. Everyone's like, no, 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 stay there, stay there. There's nobody at third. The guy on second runs to third. They didn't tag him. Adderlin does the hobby thing, like shuffling back to home as the guy with the ball, the first baseman's chasing him, even though he's out, which means absolutely nothing. So with a guy, he was out because he passed him. The back runner's always out, I guess. I didn't know that until that happened. Okay. And the guy on first, the runner who went to second was just off the base running, going back to the dugout because he thought he was out. Nobody tagged him. There was a guy, the shortstop was me to you or me to the window away. The guy wasn't on the base and he had the ball, just didn't tag him. And he ended up on third base because they thought that he was out, even though it's the back runner. There's some sneaky rules in baseball that nobody really knows. And the umpires know them all. All of them. Next question comes from Ali. Were you able to pick your numbers in AAA and the big leagues? And if so, is there a story behind your numbers? Zach? I was not able to pick 59 in the big leagues as much as I want. What do you mean? That's your number, man. 5'9", the big 5'9". Um, I always try to be number four. Shout out to J.J. Redick. That was my guy growing up. It's because he's as good as two Derek Jeter's. Exactly. Ooh. Now I'm number eight in AAA. Two Derek Jeter's. Number four was taken. Times that by two. That's also eight. He really did it for me, but. Didn't think about that. Did it for eight. Yep. Did it for half. In the minors, your number basically goes on what size jersey you wear. Yep. So like Zach wears lower numbers. I got 36 this year in Iowa. And you know who hey, was the last down. guy? You know who was the last guy to wear 36 here? Dylan Maples. Little guy by the name of Dylan Maples. He's got pretty good stuff. So maybe it'll translate into my arm. Uh, I did get to pick my number. Your number coming up, yeah, you kind of like, 
I got to pick mine, I guess. Uh, I think the big the big name prospects and first rounders. I think they're they're given. If Ian right. Happ wants a number in High A Myrtle Beach, I think he's getting that number. I, I will say, I will say, and with the Cubs in spring training every year, they ask you what number would you want. They they give you three choices. What would you want? And that Tigers didn't have that. And fifty nine was my spring number. So I think they just said, "Hey, wear it, brother." Boy five nine or boy five nine. Here you yeah. go, kid. Five nine. What are you saying, now, kid? I did give him my options and. uh Number one was something I had worn before, and that our third base coach at the time was one. Uh, five I had worn in college, um, and Al Moro is five. Uh, and so eight was a single digit that wasn't taken. So with eight, we, we had a pretty uh, heavily uh, single digit team for a long time. Davey Martinez was four, our bench coach. Gary Jones was Edwards. one. CJ Edwards was six. And then we had Javi at nine. Uh, Albert at five. Caratini was seven. Rossi had just worn three, seven. so nobody was touching three. Caratini wasn't up yet, but that then he took seven. Wow. But somebody else was seven before he got there. Isn't it crazy how much a number not means to people, but kind of means to people? Yeah. A ton. I will, I will say I have never been someone to care what number I was. Sorry, I think it's more Sorry, not not to be counterintuitive, but that I've always just been like whatever you give exactly me. What you're doing, you're being counterintuitive. I mean, it's just well for a pitcher, for a pitcher, it's like whatever. Just give me 84. I don't care. Hey, Dylan Cease. Whenever I bet you, I bet you, when you make it to the big leagues and you have a number, you're going to be tied to that number. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I for one will not be tied to this. ZS59. Ever heard of him? Yeah. Cooperstown. As soon as they say, hey, do you want a new number? I will say yes. When you get a statue in Cooperstown, they're putting 5'9 on your back. 5'9-er. That's right, especially if 200's in the 300. <laughs> You're freaking Hall of Famer already, kid. Uh, this is from Jared. Did you guys play any other sports in high school? Did I? I could outshoot Zach. That's a fact. Shut the fuck up. That's a fact. You and know I can light it up. That. You know who I think I am? We were watching this game on the way back today. I think I might be a young Danilo. I might be a little Gallinari in my game. No. Because he's slow. It doesn't look too good, but <laughs> shit's going in, and that's what, that was me. Like, it's not going to look remember. good. It's going in the hoop. Can you answer the question if you played in other sports? Basketball. Yes, I played basketball. Yeah, I played basketball. I think I shot over 40% from three in my senior year, but I don't know who was counting. I, I think I almost set the record for threes in a game, but – I guess almost doesn't really count, does it? Ian, you play anything else? I played golf. I was on the golf team in high school. That's that. You're so lucky. Our golf was in spring for some stupid reason. Same here. Yeah, we had fall golf in PA, which was great. So much more sense. Yeah. All right. Last question. This is a serious question. Let's end it on a serious question from Jeremy. How do you three deal with the failures of baseball day to day? Not let it not let it get you down. Drink heavily. Uh, Baseballs. Ba- oh, he's kidding. God. He's kidding. Kidding. Uh, kidding. Parse. 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 Uh, the the failures of baseball day to day are brutal. I I could have a really really long conversation about this. Yeah, this is a deep one, Jeremy. It's uh, there. Yeah, you have stretches where week two week stretches where you come home from the park miserable every day because like you didn't do anything to help or you feel like you didn't do anything to help. It can be very lonely. Uh, 
but there's a lot of times like I I don't know about you guys, but I've thought before I'm like, fuck man, is this all worth it? Like, what could I do something else that's less stressful? Like, it's tough. Like you have like for me like if I have two three bad outings, that's like over a week, and I'm like, shit, like that was just a shitty week. Like, I maybe I'll just go work a desk. I don't know. Like this kind of sucks. <laughs> like, there's so much, and it sucks to even like talk about it like this. Like. Not, it doesn't. I don't want it to sound like I'm complaining, but like the pressure you put on yourself, the pressure oh, you're God. getting from outside of your friends, family, like even if they're just fans of you, like, hey, man, like turn around, you can do it. It's like at the same time, like, hey, you know, I really appreciate you reaching out. You know, obviously I'm struggling right now, but at the same time, it's like I don't want to talk to anybody, which is almost it's almost unhealthy sometimes. Though. Like you need to get it out. You need to talk to somebody who's not your teammate, who's not seeing you every day. You know, like there's like you said, there's times on the field where I'm like, this is fucking horrible. I, like I'm an embarrassment, like not embarrassment, but like it's embarrassing the way I'm playing right now. Like in 2019, my hand hurt when I came back from my broken hand. It hurt so bad to even take a ground ball. It's a, if the ball hit my glove, I would drop it. And I just and like I tried telling everybody, no, 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 I'm fine, guys. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you better make up an excuse or something because this is embarrassing. And it's like, you're out on the field and it's like, I don't belong here. I think you made a good point when you said putting pressure on yourself, like, especially for you and me, Zach, at least like the pressure to get to the big leagues slash stay there. Ian, I could probably speak more on like once you're there and then performing like for me and Zach, it's more kind of like, or for me, it's getting there for Zach. It's trying to stick. And then for Ian, it's kind of like, well, how do I perform and how do I deal with failure on a huge stage of Chicago? Yeah. The, uh, I think the hardest thing about the individual team sport is you want so badly to help the team win, but in order to do that, you have to succeed in the individual battle that is the pitcher versus hitter. And it's something that you're out there alone. Like you can't, you know, as much as your hitting coaches can help and your teammates, like once you get in the box, there's no one else helping you. And once you're on the mound, same thing, there's nobody else out there to help. So it's uh, it's like just that constant mental battle of trying to stay positive. And when things are going shitty and they go shitty a lot, mm-hmm. staying positive through that. And that's, uh, that's what separates. That's the separator. That's what is the differentiator between the guys that, you know, can limit that and and stay positive and have success and a lot of times that's not easy no there's a lot of low points throughout the season like you said about trying to stay in the big leagues like when i was there you know i i even told you guys like you know i don't think i'm going to be here very long like i'm trying i'm kind of like a holding place which you know you don't want to believe but you also want to be real with yourself but like whenever i went into a game like even i i was a defensive switch I think in the sixth or seventh inning against the Brewers and it was like that felt like my game seven like World Series try- like I was felt like I was trying out you know and it's like and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it because it's something you grow up wanting and dreaming of but it's like you can't really enjoy it how everybody pictures like oh you're playing in the big leagues man like enjoy the hell out of it and it's like yeah I'm gonna try to enjoy it but at the same time like you said I want to stay I want to perform and that comes with pressure and it's like and it's fun. It, it's easy to enjoy it too when you're four for four with three homers or you just like struck out the side. It's like, that's easy. Sure. I love baseball then. Like when you're shoving or you're raking, like 
baseball is easy, but when you walk three guys, give up four runs, go for four with four punchies, it's like, this shit sucks. Like, it, yeah. it's, let me see those guys who are smiling ear to ear when they're over four with four punches opposed to four. That's four. what I mean. If, it, if it's one time, maybe you're like, oh, like I suck today. But then the thing is, it's not usually just one time. It's like, oh, three game bad stretch. It's like those three days suck. My, my biggest pet peeve is when announcers and media people are like, say the Yankees or Dodgers, the team is loaded, right? Even the Cubs, the Cubs are loaded. They're like, oh man, you know why this team's playing well? Look how much fun they're having. I'm like, okay, let's let's go to the last 15 games, right? Oh, they're 14 and one. Guess what? I'd be having a fucking blast too. Yeah, that's another. A, go ahead. There was a, a, I don't know, I think I've said this on the air before, but a teammate that we had in Double A, Daniel Lockhart. I don't know if you guys played with him at all. Yeah, but Lockhart would come into the, uh, <laughs> he would come into the locker room before the game, and he would look around and he would go, "Everybody's happy and smiling now." But at least half of you are going to have a terrible game and you're going to be <laughs> fucking miserable after this. Somebody's going over for 4 today, boys. And- I feel like, Ian, you, you've done both a lot. So, like, I feel like in the minors, too, like, you want to win. But at the same time, like, if you have a good game in the minors and you lose, it's like, oh, like, you know, whatever. But in the big leagues, it's like 0 for 4 sucks. But if you win, winning cures all. Like, winning yeah, yeah. is like fuck it like we won i played like shit but we won the game like especially on a especially on a winning team that is going forward as well like hey we just won a big game like you know you're playing against x you know that's a great you know also about the failing thing or like you guys are gonna be in shitty moods after the game you know i'd I'd like to say that all three of us here are good teammates and it's like that's something that us three don't really have a hard time of doing it's like you're over four but it's like guess what you know we're all gonna be on the top step when somebody does well and it's like that that's hard to do sometimes when you're the only guy not succeeding. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're the only guy not succeeding. Yeah. Least. A lot of those feelings are magnified. There's a lot of that. Like everybody could be struggling, but you feel like you're the only guy that's like letting everybody down. And yeah. then, you know, but again, to that point of enjoying it, like when you give a kid a foul ball or you give a kid, your broken bat or something and you see them light up ear to ear, you're like, I mean, fuck. Hey, Zach, you'll love this. One game at home, last homestand, this little girl was, like, perched up, like, on the railing, like, cheering. And she all of a sudden slipped back, fell, and hit her head. Just started bawling. I, like, walked over and gave her a ball. She instantly just started smiling. I was like, doesn't matter what happens in the game. That made my day. Best job I ever had. I uh, recently – I had a broken bat that I didn't know. So, I went up to – I was going on deck, and it was already cracked. And I didn't see it. And so I switched it obviously really quickly, proceeded to get out that at bat, whatever. And I come back and this was a pretty low point. And I go into the tunnel and I take one, one rip at it. And he's like, you know what? If it shatters, it shatters. If it doesn't, there's a little kid up there who's going to want this bat. I'm going to give it to him. And I, I was about to do it. And I was like, you know what? Just give it to, just fucking give it to somebody. Get it out of my hands. You're the biggest, like, oh, I almost got tossed today. Like, I could have got tossed. But then hey, you're just hey, like, hey, 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 <laughs> I have one, you have zero. That's true. I've never been tossed. But, yeah, ba- ba- baseball's fun when you're doing well. Hey, it's always fun. We're having fun. Yeah, score's fun to fun out here. No, really, I'm having fun. <laughs> that is it for Mailbag. That is a wonderful job, guys.
that's it for the mailbag episode episode whatever number this is presented by parse rum parse at benny's parse rum.com don't forget about parse everybody loves parse i love parse you love parse when i say parse you say rum parse rum rum Ooh. Ooh, Zach's sleeping. We'll see you next time. Compound Podcast. Parson.